You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. Well, they're correct, Jordan here. Stadium time is 9.06 p.m. Central Daylight Time. The, your digital audio device is tuned into the Orange and True podcast, harbored by the friendly folks at collegeofmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers is I... Son of Crow 2 on Twitter. You can find me at Son of Crow on Vidmo. To one side of me, as always, the rumor monger, Ryan Starrett. At Ryan S. Starrett. The S stands for showed up on time this week. The S stands for state, as in Jacksonville State. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit, right? We're it's a pro-Cox tele- uh, television program. By that, I mean podcast. I, I love Cox. To the other side of me, giving you the full Fort Payne ASMR you pay so much money for, is the AU Chief. Oh, I believe Everton must have got a big win today. <laughs> C-O-Y-B is what Chief wants to tell you. They did. They did. They got the, we got the big win today. Big, big win. It was great. Uh, uh, Decore is an amazing footballer. Uh, we don't need James. Demar Gray is a uh, the best bargain since Seamus Coleman. It's, Who was the like, win? Who was the win over? Uh, Burnley. So, you Sure. Know. <laughs> they, they they beat us at home last year. They're a so, uh, professional soccer sure. team, at least. You know, I mean, that's a it's a respectable. Their first league. Yeah, they they beat year. Everton at home last year. They, is that they, like they, saying South Carolina's SEC? Well, oh, oh. The, the difference is South Carolina will be SEC next year. Burnley might not no, be. Burnley, Burnley, will, Burnley will, yeah. is firmly <laughs> mid table. Thank you. They they were Europa League two years ago. Oh man. Yeah, they got a good striker in Chris Wood. They got a bunch of uh, trees on the back line in uh, uh, Tarkovsky. They beat Chelsea and, uh, last year, too, I believe. Yeah, I mean, they At got a good once. coach. They're organized. They play really terrible football, uh, soccer, for anybody that's not an idiot listening. Uh, and uh, and Everton just uh, – they were down 1-0 and came back and won 3-1, and they scored – they scored four goals. One was ruled offside in eight minutes, and it was amazing. Wow. Also, joining we have two special guests. First, from collegeofmagnolia.com, one of the writers of our tremendous countdown article series, and I guess like the official sports book of collegeofmagnolia.com, James Jones. For better or worse, <laughs> yeah. Hey, zero is off the board. Congrats to Demetrius Robinson, the first of. Uh, Number zero to ever score for Auburn. James. It was off the board, and then off the board again, and then off the board again. This is this is where we need a, like a like a morning uh, a morning show uh, soundboard where we could put in some like cheers right there. Yeah. James the Greek, as like Jimmy the Greek. This is just don't I say once, anything. Uh, refer to him as the Danny Sheridan of uh, <laughs> sure. College of Magnolia. He is the Danny Sheridan was, of College of Magnolia. It's kind of offensive though. So it really is. Also joining <laughs> us better than that. 
from <laughs> also writing us from the Auburn Observer professional personality, Painter Sharpless. Just getting lucky every time I log on to the internet. I know. It's that's <laughs> that is the goal every day. What did someone's asked me someone said my goal today is to just not lose. And that was on Saturday, and I was like, that's my goal every day. Like, I wake up I every you, day. I think you hit a certain age between 23 and 26, probably closer to 25, where you're like, oh, we're pumping it up. All right, Pump fine, 27. These old guys, yeah. It's just like, hey, you know, it's just if it's not a bad day, it's a great day. Oh, man. So what I'm hearing is at, at some point you just want to be 1-0 every day. Oh, but that's right. keep that mindset, right. Ryan. Yeah, get locked Do in. Do we have mindset. opinions on that? I saw that there were people thinking Franklin was trolling, and then I saw people saying that that's a thing that Franklin does normally on social media. So, where has anyone done enough research? Lord knows I haven't about seems, whether or not he really does that. It seems very coach. Yeah, so, oh yeah, it seems, it seems very, very like coach. I remember him doing that after the Wisconsin game. So okay. I think that is a that's, when that's I was in high school. Too. When I was in high school, we all had T-shirts that we had to wear under our pads and every practice because we, we could only wear our Under Armour shirts for games. <laughs> okay. Real right. smart. So every practice, we wore these gray T-shirts that said, be an 11. Okay. Because on a scale of 1 to 10, you want to be an 11. And that was the coach mm-hmm. speak nonsense. And literally, that was how we would come in. Coach would say, "Everybody up, take a knee," and then we'd break it down by one, two, three, and we two claps, being eleven. Mm-hmm. Problem. The best part about this was the the word "b" and the word "an" a n when put too close together on a shirt spells bean. the word "bean." <laughs> and so all of us being eleven, we would all say "being eleven because that's what it, the shirts looked like. I mean, if you're from Texas, being eleven, eleven and being eleven. Oh, aren't are very thing. far apart. It, same thing. It got. I mean, what time is it? It's about being eleven. About being eleven. <laughs> time to get home. It you was classic, like classic high school kids making fun of the coach, not bought in. So nice. I could definitely see one and zero mindset becoming a being eleven mindset. But it seems like the Harson has these guys, for better or worse, like hopefully for locked better, in. they're locked in. Like they're. I believe they might be locked into the one and zero mindset nonsense, or not nonsense. Sorry, oh. coach speak. It's you know what? It's no dumber than any of the uh, other win the day, the all in, all, uh, uh, you know, all the other things. All, Auburn Fest, and there was, there was oh, tucking God. together. I think Auburn Fest. In, was the, in, the, the, the imagine thinking that's that Auburn Fest was. Was first. Y'all don't remember attitude? Yeah. Oh yeah. Are you, are you, dude. Audacity? Audacity. Audacity. Dude, the attitude one. I want an attitude T-shirt so bad. I would pay American dollars for an Auburn attitude. I mean, t-shirt. That, that's right, right in the the zone of me. You know, coming into my own as an Auburn fan. Because the let me derail this completely. But did Tony Barbie ever ever try to to coin a phrase? <laughs> Who oh, saw he burn? didn't care that much. He'd have to be interested to do that. <laughs> have to get him off the golf playing golf. That guy there was, was the, definitely yeah. big into that. There was the cliff Can dwellers. Can we just blame him for saying "Let's go Big Blue"? Oh and, man, uh, there it is. <laughs> James is holding up an attitude side. Oh. James has his background blurred on Skype, which is great because when he drinks, 
it looks like his can is blurred out because we didn't pay enough for the <laughs> advertiser. <laughs> this is the visual medium. Hey. Yeah, this it's, is kind of how it looked is, like in Southeastern Saturday night, to be honest. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is not Seagram's gin because I'm not drinking it and they're not paying me for it. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at you. That's a nice reference right there. Wait, are you wearing your Polk State shirt? I am. Heck yeah. Shout out to Ken. We should probably start broadcasting this. Um, Shout out to Caribou Lou. All right. I mean, I I feel like that's where the reference is coming from. Am Mm -hmm. I wrong, James Jones? Uh, The the Polk State basketball shirt? No, no, no. I'm I'm thinking of a of a, a song by Tech Line. A, a there song we by Tech go. Nine. Yeah. 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 All right. There we go. Yeah. I got you, Jit Painter. <laughs> uh, guys, that brought us to a conversation we didn't have this on the show notes, Ryan. But I'm going to go ahead and jump into it because I think that Painter would enjoy Perfect. this conversation. We had this on the Slack. Shouldn't they just let the senior football players get the ox for the games? Like they should be the ones, they should be the ones picking the songs that play in the stadium. Is that right? Like I, they're the most mature. They've been there the longest. They've earned the seniority, but they're still young enough to be into TikTok. Right. <laughs> because I, I just, and this is this is my hottest Auburn take. Okay, so I'm going out on a big limb. That's going to probably crash behind me. We don't need to keep playing all the above, and all I do is win. Mm, wow, well, young Dave McKinney would have questions for look, you. I understand. So the, it's not like they they like so they played them, but they weren't featured. Uh, they have been phased out, put on the back burner. I we are two presidential terms from that song. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the U.S. has gone to, not qualified for, and is now trying to qualify for a third Ooh. World Cup since 2010. That's true. So I think we can maybe phase those out and get some. And and here's the other thing. Other rap songs have been released in the last 11 years. That's true. DJ Khaled probably put four out this week. I don't know. That was a a special moment, though. It was. Yeah. It was. Won a national championship. I'm going to throw this out for you. Played in the Huntsville-Madison County Auburn Club golf tournament today. And... Literally, somebody's Bluetooth speaker was playing "All I Do Is Win" right before they teed off on number number thirteen. How old were they? Ball barking up. Uh, Got to be at least twenty nine. Youngest person <laughs> in there had to be at least forty five. There we go. That <laughs> I makes think sense. they were really feeling themselves. <laughs> did twenty thirteen didn't so, have a song? Did they? Twenty thirteen didn't have like a. There wasn't a musical uh, touchstone for no, that year. No, not really. I think we were I, all too confused about how it was going that well. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I so the tunnel video was Fallout Boy that year. I think. Oh, it perfect. Was, right. Oh, <laughs> relevant. Oh, that's not good. They kept yeah. it relevant yeah. in twenty thirteen. Yeah, the poor mups. We lit them. <laughs> but you know, there, there's other moments in Auburn history with good music. Dean, there's the final four run, and uh, we've got Jared. So yeah. See? And look, and All right, as, nice the, plug. as the creator of We've Got Jared, <laughs> if they were to play that song in the arena this year, I would be like, man, come on, guys. Let's. Oh, I unless, I don't know. unless he is in the go. arena, they shouldn't play it. I, I'd have a problem with it if it was like the song. Like if they were trying to make it the song that they play all the time, 
but they you know they play it once and they're like oh yeah, yeah I, remember I guess that's that true time. like if they brought that like, back like i remember when i was five and then we went to that game and now right? i'm in college because those the, <laughs> the, the freshmen currently at auburn how old were they in 2010 uh between uh Maybe eight seven. and yes yeah, between seven and yeah 11 somewhere in there yikes guys and that, and we're coming so, up on a time when there are students at Auburn who were born after Jason Campbell graduated. Yeah, yeah, Ryan. Jesus. And that's the thing. We shouldn't be playing rap music from the Jason or Campbell era. And look, that's my era. And I, yeah. Ryan, you're wrong. That, that's my era, <laughs> but I don't think that my era should dictate the game experience for our beloved boys in blue. It's very progressive of you. I don't know the sure. the uh, it, it's still. Uh, I'm gonna have to again disagree on all ideas win. I don't know about all the above. Yeah, I was never a huge fan except for the what Cam did when we played all the above. But uh, like if you go out to um, Sky Bar or Coyotes, uh, Coyotes uh, Southeastern, all, all these kids go crazy if that song comes on. Like mm-hmm. it's it's like a thing still. So. I think the winning associated with it, something that is, right. yeah, you know, that does up and it's, down for an Auburn football program is, yeah, is, I, I also to, think to translate. It would be weird if, I don't know, they were playing it at Alabama at this point, because it's like, why aren't you playing this old song? But they're still playing Dixieland Delight. <laughs> well, yeah. Alabama's 12th best song. Yeah, yeah, not even, not even top 10. <laughs> Another right. episode of the show we've done before, right? <laughs> we've done Probably that. We did, I don't know if Painter's gone back that far in the catalog, but we did a Chief <laughs> Ranks the Top 10 Alabama songs <laughs> by the band Alabama. Um, all right. Agree to disagree. We'll move on to <laughs> Auburn Soccer, who is currently the first Auburn athletic team to catch an L in 2021 academic season. But... That loss was a. Uh, if there's anything to take away from a loss to call it a moral victory, that's the only one you might get on the schedule. Um, they beat Alabama A and M five to five to zero, five to nil in soccer language. That game was not really much of a game. Um, I'm, a pretty, I'm pretty sure Auburn could have played left footed and beaten Alabama A <laughs> and M, um, but then they turned around and 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 lost to number one Florida State. A team that was, I mean, just watching them play, if you didn't know anything about soccer, your first inclination was, wow, that team is much bigger than the other team. Like, Florida State was big. Their mm-hmm. defend, their defenders were large. Like, not like big, but like very tall. They had a tall team. Um, they seemed to have a grip on possession that was inexhaustible. Like it was difficult yeah, for all to get the rock. Yeah. I read that in the first yeah, half, it was I mean, a 73% possession for Florida state. That's, that's yeah, ridiculous. I, I kind of guesstimated that it was like a, a 35 pin split in minutes in possession. And I mean, they, they just didn't make any mistakes. They, every touch counted, no pass was missed. Um, and, and when Auburn could get the ball, there, there, yeah. there were a few like uh, loose balls Auburn could get and take a shot, but nothing sustained on that end for the whole first half. And they scored their and, first and goal the, in like seconds from the tip. 
Yeah, less than 30 seconds. And Zol uh, uh, Bita Olson, who we talked about last week, the Florida's leading scorer last year, now Florida State's leading scorer this year. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. I, I can't imagine that, first of all, the quote-unquote, or the hashtag narrative, or the hashtag discourse on if the best player from one contending school in the SEC transferred to the to like a rival school. Like if Auburn's best player, if like let's say Tank transferred this offseason to Alabama. To Georgia. Georgia. I mean, that would have happened. You know, I don't, I don't, it would be an interesting thing if it did. <laughs> I think if he transferred to Georgia, it would be a nonstop, every Auburn game, every Georgia game would be brought up. Maybe even like every CBS yeah. game, it would get brought up no matter who's playing. But this happened in Florida, in, in the state of Florida in soccer. Um, anyway, second half, Auburn got a goal in the 54th and then hung in. Like they had multiple free kicks and chances in the last 10 minutes to try to, to catch the tie. But yeah. I'm sure you'll be surprised, but a, a game with Florida state got a little bit chippy in, in any sport. It was nuts. Uh, I mean, there was, there was two yellow cards in the last 20 minutes or so. Uh, can I get any uh, comments on the alleged kick into the crowd? No because alleged. That is the only okay. thing that, yeah, that yeah, I yeah. hear so what about. I, I gather very little, no as alleged. I usually that, do, from, from any happened, of this man. game. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know what uh, the, the narrative is on it, but essentially it was there was a ball out of play, and, you know, in college soccer, there's not always a ball right there. So someone was trying to run down, give it to somebody. Another ball had been tossed onto the field, and she kicked it away. Like all the way up into the stands, for yeah. player. To waste uh, time. I mean, I don't. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was still fairly early in the second half. I mean, it's not as uh, egregious as the MLS. There was an MLS sure. game this last week where the guy, the guy kicked the ball out of bounds, ran up, took the ball from the ball boy, and punted it into the crowd, <laughs> so the <laughs> other guy couldn't get it. It was the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Um, but yes, this was egregious in terms. And then the difference is in college soccer, the referee if he or she sees this, can stop the clock. It's the only code of association football in which the referees can stop the clock. Um, And they didn't see it, apparently. Because they would have. That's that's one of the things they would have stopped the clock for. But it it really didn't stop play more than, you know, five seconds at the most because there was already another ball there. That was the whole issue. She didn't kick the ball, the only ball there, out of play. So, I don't know. I mean, it it was... uh, it was a hard-fought game, and seeing what this Florida State team has done to the rest of its schedule so far, I mean, this just kind of proves that this Auburn soccer team is is a legitimate top-ten team and you know, should have pretty big uh, postseason aspirations. I threw it on in the background of my nephew's fourth birthday party, so <laughs> it was. That's how committed I am to this to this game. Um, Auburn Auburn's, I think, still in the catbird seat. To in the conference at this point, like they're one of the best yeah, teams. I in the believe conference. they're the only ranked team in the conference, unless that's changed. No, A and still ranked, right? A and M was top fifteen. Uh, yeah, well, so they were number nine when they when Florida State played them in week one. Uh, yeah, Florida State won one nothing there. I, I don't know if they're still ranked or not, but uh, last I checked, they were at least last week when we were doing this show. A and M was still ranked in the top fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Um. Auburn plays Georgia on Friday night at 6.30. And that's an away game, I, be- I believe. Uh, no, home, 
That's home, home game. game. Okay. So I really need these games town, to kick off around eight so I can make it. Where you got to be, bro? Uh, kids go to bed around eight. I can't. It, Take them to the game. It's free. Yeah, but then we'd have to leave early. It's the oh. whole thing. Albie's there. Um, That's true. He can babysit the kids. That's true. One of the other uh, – so Georgia is one of the better teams in the conference too. LSU is number eight and Tennessee is number 10. So there are a lot oh, of okay. top 15 teams. Uh, Arkansas is number 14. And then – You know what? I'm, I'm typing it out in the Slack. I'm just going to say it. I was letting you all go. Ten, uh, <laughs> Texas A&M is 15th. Uh, let's see. And then South Carolina 22nd. We are 16th okay. entering the weekend. Right now, this is uh, this is updated, so I think this is. Uh, this was yeah, so this is one of my favorite activities that we do. I say something in furries, like, "Look, I want to be polite, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you might have missed this." <laughs> so, let's take a quick break, pay the bills, and come back and talk hoops. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back 20 minutes and 17 seconds into a very professional podcast, the Orange and True podcast. We're talking basketball. Tip off at Tumors. It's coming back. Everyone loved it. Um, why not get everyone back together on October the 7th? That's before the Georgia game. Um, we'll be without Alan Flanagan, though, unfortunately. And I think that's – I mean – you know, it'd be really awful, awful, really nice to have JT Thor right about now, but but even without Thor, I think the team's going to be okay because that's is, that's an opportunity for some younger person or who knows to play a little more minutes and get ready for conference play when Flan gets back. I read that Flan was a top twenty-five uh, prospect currently. Dang! So that's that's a big hit for big for everybody. Blow. As, as much as we trust uh, prospect rankings for the this NBA was, right now. This was the yeah, Worldwide sure. Leaders prospect rankings, at least. Uh, and not Joe's NBA draft.com or whatever it's called. <laughs> sure. No, you're uh, right. Yeah, ESPN has him as the number 19 ranked NBA draft prospect. So That's crazy. We'll see what that means. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's all, all well and good to, to poke fun at this given how volatile draft rankings can be. Mm. But it's, it's not insignificant given that – he is talented. He played out of position and is the most experienced player on Auburn's team. Best on-ball defender, I think, too. Yeah, that was the difference between Flan this year and, last, and the year before was his defense had gotten good, stayed good, and his offense had gotten outrageous. He got he went from a guy you didn't really know what his role was on the offense to a guy where you could run the entire thing through him. Ball. Yeah, he was almost yeah. a non-factor. And then he became the factor. I think. Yes, uh, play point guard for us for a while. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. So did I, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, I think. So, I mean, it's, he'll be back, uh, it looks like, probably around the end of non con play. I mean, it's, it's a big loss, but. And, and hopefully he's able to come back and, and be healthy, be 100% during conference play. 
but it's it's only going to help the bottom of the roster get more minutes, get more experience um, in in these early games. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm curious what uh, like what the breakdown is though. I mean, do they do they slide Jabari down to the three? And I, I would hesitate to do that because I don't think you want to take your your top five player and play him out of position for half of his only season here. No, I hope we just get uh, more Chris Moore. I think that might be what we see. More Chris uh, Moore. I want the yeah, student section the chanting that. Awesome. Anytime he's not in the game, they should be chanting more Chris Moore. That dude is <laughs> that dude's legit. I love Chris Moore minutes are good minutes. Uh, yeah, well, not, he's one of those guys that, like, when you see him, James, you and I saw him on Sanford Lawn at a football game. Brag. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was funny. There, uh, him, Jabari, and Wendell, and maybe one other guy were playing football on Sanford Lawn. <laughs> Wendell was trying to cover uh, Jabari. Did not go well for him. Uh, but Chris Moore is one of those guys that he is not just tall, but he is a massive person. Yeah. And he. He's built out like a top five NFL draft pick. He's from the Malik and Dunbar Malik Dunbar camp of bigger than you I, think. He he's a lot bigger than Malik. Yeah, I think. Uh, and just I don't know. I, I'm really looking forward to him. He played awesome in the limited minutes he had last year. Um, so I, I think we'll see a lot of the three games. My point. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Devin starts there, but at least for the first couple games. But seeing as we only have three other guards, uh, Devin's got to play a lot too. Sure. So, um, All right. Let's move on to the the oblong ball. Auburn beat Alabama State sixty-two to zero. It's got to be. I don't. I didn't check the Josh Dub tweets about this, but I can't imagine Auburn has two back-to-back sixty-point outings. Nineteen thirty-two. There it is. Wow. They actually said it in the stadium as Ryan and I were walking out. Can, can we play Does Crow Know since you did it to me? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the coach in 1932? Is that Mike Donahue? That's what I said. Dang. It was not. Who was it? Uh, James, you're the one that asked me. Uh, it was Chet Wynn. That's right. Uh, I actually got it wrong. I thought it might have been time for Jack Maher, but that was Chet Wynn. Chet Wynn sounds uh, like the son of the like the son no one talks about from the the casino family. Oh, this is Chet Wynn. He owns a couple of NASCAR teams. He uh, the captain of the team was Jimmy Hitchcock. So first ever. Uh, oh wow! First All American. All right, guys. Is there anything we, team as well. we actually want to talk about the Alabama State game? Like, uh, they were very good. I, I do want to talk about the Kobe McLean and his quote after the game of, you know, he had a fantastic game all over the place, 10 tackles, seven solos. So kind of doing a lot of the dirty work himself. And his quote was, yeah, I shoot for double digits every game, but I should have had 15. <laughs> love it. <laughs> but I didn't play the fourth. So. He eats tackles, man. I love it. I think, yeah, hopefully future Dallas Cowboys, Kobe McLean. Um, Tank was tank. I mean, tank was tank, but it was oh. it was a boring eleven yards per carry. Yeah, which is crazy for somebody that hasn't even played ten games yet. I don't think. And well, Hunter, that was a ten. It, it was just clearly obvious that there was nobody on the other side of the ball that like should have even been on the field with him. So like anytime he had the ball. 
Yeah. I will give that their Alabama State defense credit. I mean, they tried. They played as well as I could have ever imagined they could have in that first half. I mean, sure. They they were there to hit. Uh, you know, didn't always work out for them, but they, they had to be <laughs> I can't. I think it's crazy we're talking so much about Tank, considering he's not even our lead, the leading rusher on this team right no, now. Uh, Hunter was <laughs> just uh, incredible. Incredible. He's got two touchdowns on the season. Tank doesn't have, but I think one, right? Because he only he didn't score against Alabama State. Is a guy that didn't play, and it was Sean Shivers, because uh, we showed that we've got another guy that can uh, probably deserve some of those those touches that may have been coming Shivers' way this year. Yeah, uh, they're different so backs, though. And not really a change of pace like Shivers yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's more of like, hey, if Tank goes down, we've got a decent enough for those for those types of carries. Yeah. Um, number zero, I, did did Josh talk about Robertson about uh how many times Auburn's had three touchdowns from one receiver in a game? Because I can't imagine it's a much. It's got to be the only time that's ever happened. <laughs> like I can't. I'm. I was racking my brain. When was the last time Auburn had three touchdowns from the same wide receiver in a game? It wouldn't surprise me if Ricardo Lewis did it once, um, especially if you include a rushing touchdown, which Robertson had. Um, I know that's not the receiving record. That belongs to Alexander Wright, who had four on Mm. five catches against Pacific in 1989. Um, It wouldn't shock me if that was the most since 89. It may be. Um, it really may be. Um, if you're listening to this, Josh, which I know you are, let me know. (laughs) I I was just, it was nice to see him kind of, kind of get cut loose. They, they really only threw him like a, uh, maybe one hitch and a couple of screens last week. Um, and then, you know, literally the first third and long of the game was designed for him to come across the middle catch the football and get upfield with it and is mo- most importantly get the first down. Yeah. Um, on a score end. He so only had it, three catches in a carry. He had three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the only time he touched the ball outside of punt returns that uh, that he did not score a touchdown was that that third down conversion. The only thing I will say and he also had he had very good punt return as well. The only thing I will say is we had to uh, because he was filling in as punt returner for Javarius Johnson there was an issue on punt coverage because Owen Papo was also on punt coverage. So they were putting a number 12 jersey on uh, yeah. on Robertson. And then one punt return, they forgot to tell, they forgot to put him on. Yeah. And uh, apparently the only person that saw it and was trying to figure out was both Shedrick Jackson, who's trying to run in and replace him, and John Samuel Schenker. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was screaming, and it happened in our end zone is the only reason I noticed it but like everyone is screaming at him to come off the field and he's like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah but we had num- two number zeros on the field at that point divide That's by zero um, so this week we got Penn State and as we do every week the only podcast with the it's not courage it's more just like we're conscientious. We think about the, the listener. The integrity. Yeah. Think. I'm thinking about you. And we're the only podcast painter that lets the listeners know what time the game is. Game's going to be at 630 Central. So plan accordingly. 
God's time. Since 6.30 Central, um, it's, there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who might not know how to look that up, who every week they're like, somebody needs to tell me what time the Auburn game kicks. It's probably going to kick at 6.35, if I had to guess. And from what I understand, there's one way in and one way out of Happy Valley, so you guys plan accordingly to getting into the game for your tailgating and plan accordingly to get home late if you're leaving Happy Yikes. Valley. Yeah, and I know people who are flying into like parts very far from from State College. Well, there's really that's all you can do. Pittsburgh, pretty much. People flying to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh or Philly. I heard somebody yeah, talking about options. flying into DC, and DC not close. I'm going DC to Harrisburg. I don't know if that was me, but coincidentally, I am flying into DC and then driving two and a half, three hours to Harrisburg. And then so someone I know I'm, I'm usually doxing myself on the observer, so sure. there you go. I heard somebody talking about flying into somewhere in West Virginia. I was like, guys, that is well, you might as well just drive at this point. So uh, yeah. fr- friend of the show, uh uh Gulson is driving and I suddenly got jealous because he's he's going up, he's leaving Thursday and I make peace with not going. But then he said he's stopping in uh uh, uh he's going to uh the Mountaineers campus is going to stay there overnight. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, that would have been great. Burn a sofa. Yeah. Sing yeah. a song that's, as we all know, is not about West Virginia, but it's actually it's, about the Western part of Virginia. Yeah. It does feel like two of the most famous songs in college football lore <laughs> are not about the respective states in which they sing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, strange. Auburn is, is favored in this game. No, wait. Auburn's no, dogs no. in this game. They're six point dogs in this yeah. game. Six point dogs. Come on. Yeah. How much? It yeah, was around seven, five, seven and a half, depending on when you looked at the beginning of the week. How much has that moved? Is it now at six? Am I looking at a one point five? Five and a half. Switch? Not a five and a half now. Yeah, I've it's seen five and a half. The gamblers in the group. Uh, yep. I Hypothetically, I, think, I mean, I, yeah, as an Alabama resident, I would never. FPI on yeah. ESPN's app has. Penn State with a 62% chance of winning this game. So, but I don't, don't think Don't we all feel case. like this comes down to three or four plays where, like, which is the lamest analysis I, I could possibly guess appear on and give you and say, oh, a, a, a touchdown score game I think comes Painter down is. to three or four plays. But, you know, seriously, like, Bo Nix – has an open man. Does he hit him? Does the receiver catch it? Does Auburn have a chance at a turnover that it drops? Like, yeah. what are we looking at here when these teams are both somewhere around 65% in the blue chip ratio? Um, I like a lot about Auburn's defense, especially given that Penn State couldn't generate much offense against Wisconsin. Was You know, Penn State's at home, but Auburn hasn't had to tilt its hand at all given the two teams it's played. Like, there's all these different things you can try to convince yourself about. At the end of the day, I look back and go, well, Auburn hasn't really been very good on the road for half a decade, and, and that includes a couple of seasons with Bo Nix. And Penn State's quarterback. Yeah. Well, Penn State's quarterback is... Big Ten Bo Nix. Big yeah. Ten Bo Nix, or we can call just, him, I, we call like, him a I, hot dish bow. I always have a trouble taking any Big Ten team seriously. That's not named Ohio State. I just do. I, I just I don't. I mean, last time it was Purdue, right? 
So. Yeah, right. Besides, well, no, not last time. No, I'm last time. Say, no, Northwestern, we're, 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 Northwestern. I, do, I do not remember the Northwestern of Minnesota games. Uh, you know, yeah, midday New Year's Day, not not a good. Time. I don't, I don't count any of our ball games. Uh, I got the Purdue one. That one was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I didn't count that one either. So I think sidebar. What is the stance of this organization on bowl games? Because there is definitely a line of thinking which. Bowl games don't matter. There's a lot of thinking that maybe you can carry some momentum into it. Either way, does this particular podcast care about bowl games? I think we're all bowl. The practices general lack of matter. success over the last couple of seasons. I think only care bowl practice matters. Bowl games don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. I usually enjoy other teams' bowl games more than our own. For sure. I, well, uh, Ryan, I think that's because because uh, we're terrible at them. You came of age in a in a time when we were terrible at them. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I think the A day game is a little bit less important than bowl games, but I don't <laughs> not that much less important. Um, these are exhibition contests. Let me just contests. say the only, the one bowl game I did care about was Minnesota because we were trying to get the ten wins. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually was a little bitter about that, but that's that's a me thing. These are friendlies. I mean, I you can't read into friendlies. When we lose, it, it's it's just a bummer when you lose. Like there's nothing yeah. good because you've come you've had it. this gap of weeks of no Auburn yeah. football, and, yeah, you've been, right. and you've been reading about whatever team you haven't played in 30 years, and you're going to play them <laughs> in some NFL stadium in Florida, and it's going to be kind of weird, kind of interesting. What jerseys are we going to wear? Special special shoes? Who knows? And then the it's first date? four hours of terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of, kind of, Ryan. It's kind of a. First and here's day. the other thing: it's usually around New Year's Eve, which is the lamest of all holidays. So you kind of have this, like, because New Year's Eve is all about. It's going to be great. It's going to be a new year. We're going to have a big party. It always disappoints, and then you follow that up with a bowl game that disappoints. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, and it, I, all of the Florida bowl games just run together for me. I, I, no one has. No one on this podcast has watched more Auburn football probably than me, especially yeah. not in person. And I, I can't keep straight which one's in Tampa and which one's in Orlando yeah. and where we played who where. Which um, one's the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl? We haven't ever gone yeah. to that one. <laughs> that one we haven't played because that's the one they play in that uh, – in. I don't know. Is it still Tropicana? Is it something <laughs> else? I don't know. It's wherever the Rays that's play. That's the worst stadium in baseball. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I do. I want to see Auburn at the Sun Bowl. You sure, both, I can get well, The first, uh, I'll tell you all this, the first bowl game I ever went to was the 1996 Outback Bowl. It was in Tampa Stadium. And when I say Tampa Stadium, oh, I Tampa mean Stadium. What, yeah, what Chris Berman used to call the big sombrero. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was before the stadium with the pirate ship existed, Raymond James or whatever it's called now. And, uh, I watched uh, Penn State absolutely beat the tar out of a team that was quarterbacked by a man with the last name Nix. Did you? So I would rather not do that again. Speaking of Tampa, did you guys watch? Don't worry, we'll get to the Penn State game at some point. Did you guys watch the unveiling of the Super Bowl banner before Cowboys Bucks? I did not in Tampa. Okay, as a full full on Tampa Bay hater, no guys. <laughs> This, they had this thing under a banner, under like a sheet, so no one could see it. And they unveil it. And this son of a gun, this, this banner is not as wide 
has the windows of the luxury box above it. <laughs> it is the. It looks like it's the size of a normal flag. Did they get the same company that made those banners uh, for Auburn basketball to do these? Because those things are. Uh, if you look at the the same day, this, this week, the same day, the um, are they people were showing online the Kansas City Chief unveiling their banner for their Super Bowl win two years ago, and it's like half of the it's like almost half of a side of Arrowhead. And I understand why sort of embrace that. that Tampa is just like, look, we know that you guys forget about us, and that is why you can forget about this banner as well. <laughs> yeah. um, I wonder if do it's we been have thinking a, we're going to put a bunch of about the north side of the stadium on this podcast, because Lord knows the south side has gotten a big TV and a not so necessary press box. <laughs> yes, yeah. um, they, they need to close it in. That's my opinion. Bring, well, bring the, the upper deck all the way around. Close real it. hot take there, Ryan. They've needed to do that for a long time. There's been well, all yeah. kinds of excuses. Uh, supposedly, there's a creek bed there that prevents it from happening. They need to go uh, back to having the tiger with the eyes that light up. Well, you know, they there was a plan for that. <laughs> uh, and then there was a regime change that sort of halted that plan. Is, there, is there somebody uh, – in charge now who's you know, a little penny pincher you could have ended that, that sentence with budget. in charge now yeah. uh, is there yeah, somebody in charge, now? in charge now there's more than one someone in charge now <laughs> yeah there there's uh, uh the guy they brought in does not like to spend money apparently so well I, listen that's a that's allegedly i don't i don't have any Actual knowledge. As a person, it's interesting that '90s luxury could perhaps be better than anything we have in 2020. Some, which is the tiger <laughs> eyes lighting up depending yes. on the decimal yes. or decibel level. It's rad. And some of that, I think, is simply because it's not. It's just nice to not see advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between the play clock going from 40 seconds to 24 seconds, it's like, oh, apparently it's loud in here. I didn't know that. I mm-hmm. just, I want the jumping tigers back, but. Uh, yeah, that's those were even happened. better because you had to get really loud. That that would happen like twice a year. Yeah, is, is that those would line up? I, I, being someone that has to stare at the north end zone scoreboard all the time <laughs> and and lean forward and look to the right to yeah. actually see the uh, to see the big one, I would love for literally any kind of video board to be in that end zone. Yeah, uh, it, my my worry is that because of the way the sun comes behind i love the new press box because that means i'm in the shade so much earlier (laughs) so that's interesting there's like four thousand people that like the new press box basically (laughs) and all of us are in section 13 (laughs) it's just a weird thing that they built like like that press box should have been and probably was supposed to be part of like a big project where we like over let's say 15 years fill in the rest of the stadium Put everything, you know, do all kinds of other stuff, uh, but make the upper deck go all the way around, whatever. And nope, they just built that, and that was it. And yeah, no. I guess as someone who's a perpetual hater, so you should take everything I say with a grain of salt. Like, it doesn't seem like a particularly good spot for the media, but then again, it's like, well, no one really cares what the media members think. Yeah. So that's, yeah, they don't, that's they don't pay. totally fair. It's also <laughs> just like it was an objectively worse spot to put them in. And then the the big TV was sort of like a time and moment where it was like we're trying to go for bigger and better, and then you look at Alabama and they're like sort of 
or even LSU and like or A&M. And they put the brick facade out there, and it's like, yeah, I I just rather the stadium look nice, and then you guys put TVs in the corners where everyone can yeah. see it. Yeah. 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 I, my assumption there was that Jay Jacobs did a survey. You know, we did, they did a giant survey of why people go to games and why they don't go to games anymore. And everybody said, well, I have a big TV at home. And Jay Jacobs says, well, here, here is the biggest TV in the world. It's nice. Our, our seats, uh, that we sit in are not great, uh, for viewing on field action, but now I have a giant TV that I can just look at, which is a, a, a curse as well. You find your eyes just being drawn to it and not watching anything on the, like oh. even when a play's happening on the field, your eyes just drift up to this giant. TV as a as a to... as a Cowboys fan, I can tell you right now that the reason why Cowboys Stadium is so quiet is because everyone is watching the game on the big TV. That's <laughs> I, nobody's watching the game. Everybody's looking at the game yeah. up because the TVs are so big. And if, we'll, we'll talk about Jones, the we'll talk about the Penn State Arkansas game in a second. Texas, what a game! By the way, yeah. absolutely love the uh, the Texas team being bad and the Arkansas wow. team being Beautiful. fine, and then treating Arkansas as if they've accomplished something. And we should all <laughs> we should all appreciate that they probably have done well with what it is they have on the roster. But a certain commentator, color commentator, naming KJ Jefferson as a Cam Newton-like runner did seem like a stretch. Oh yeah, he's Cam Newton-like in that he runs. Sure, <laughs> sure. There's a lot of we people like that. We didn't have any audio as we watched that game, and it just it, it just seemed absurd because every time we looked up, Arkansas was just running all over Texas again. It was weird to see Texas get beat that bad on the lines. Because that's normally when they're bad, it's quarterback play, but they're always mm. serviceable on the offensive line. But not anymore. This is about as bad as it can get for the for the as a person who watches a lot of Texas football, because I'm around people who are watching it, and that's what people talk about. Um, to the point where I've I heard old women discussing the horns at work today that I don't think watched football at all. But it was just like, did you see what happened to Texas? Almost like in a, did you hear about this horrible thing that has happened in the world? It's like David Foster Wallace, where like, you may never have read Infinite Jest, but you know that he's kind of a famous author that's controversial. And it's like, Texas hasn't been good for 15 years. So if you're 19 years old, it's like, well, what's this thing I'm watching? Right. Yeah, I mean, you can think of it as they're a not near as good version of Oklahoma in the same conference. And what what happens to Oklahoma when they play good SEC teams is what happened to Texas when they played a middle of the road SEC team. Well, I would I want to go back to to the infinite chess reference because it's very similar to the way Texas football has gone in the last. Is there a plot to infinite jest? Nobody knows. Is there a plan? In Austin, nobody, nobody knows. <laughs> it is meandering at best. A lot of money is made off of it, but not a lot of plot is put into it. Um, and it's tough to hear Ryan correctly point out Oklahoma's losses in the playoffs to other SEC teams while Auburn is absolutely getting murked. You know, I mean, <laughs> hey, we, uh, we beat playoffs. Twenty sixteen, and it's just like, well, Sean White's arm was hurt, and it's like, yeah, I don't know yeah. if that's the thing. <laughs> Oklahoma, I think. And this is, I don't like Oklahoma, but I, I think a lot of SEC fans are going to be in for a rude awakening at just how good of a program they've got going up there. 
they're going to win a lot of games in the SEC. A lot of games that they people are like, oh, they're not going, they're not going to beat pick a team, and they're going they're going to beat them, and they're going to score a billion points doing it because they. Yeah, just they, throw NFL quarterbacks out there. And then when yeah, that guy graduates, like, like, throw another Alabama one out there. Georgia, it's like, well, they're never, ever, ever going to not be a top 12 team as soon as we move to that format. Yeah. Yeah. Lincoln uh, Riley well, has some, won his conference every single year he's been in, in Norman. Well, that's he hasn't had any – there's been no competition. Like, <laughs> know, but you still got to go out and win the games. Like, uh, that's nuts. Uh, I mean, their I, their best competition has been Iowa State. Let's say something <laughs> – yeah. My my uh my, a buddy of mine, well, listener to the pod tonight, and uh, uh Steve, uh we were Shout talking, out. yeah, we were talking Steve. earlier. Uh, <laughs> we were talking earlier about what ha- like what happened to Texas. Like why why aren't they getting the talent that they used to get? And I'm like, well, they're all going to uh, Oklahoma and LSU and Alabama and uh, Clemson and Ohio State. And I think Texas A&M too. Like we can't forget that Jimbo extent. Fisher is just inept at like Especially he has a defensive lineman. So, so that that's where we went with that conversation with with you know Texas A&M stealing stuff from him. And I'm like, have they really though? Like, like and we were looking at it, and he, he went and looked. Colorado see, didn't think so. <laughs> he went he he went to see who. Uh, uh, I, I was like, were. were Texas and Texas A&M battling for people. And he went and looked at Miles Garrett specifically and te- no one from, he didn't have a recruiter from Texas listed. So it's, I, I Texas A&M is dropping bags for dudes for sure. But, uh, in uh, Texas is probably sitting over there thinking, Oh, well, we'll just come here because you know, we got the horns logo. Um, <laughs> no, but there's a lot of people in Austin who just think that they can walk up and go, Oh, every kid grew up wanting to come play for Texas. And not, not anymore. Not any kids did. All right. So I teased it earlier, but we're going to talk about the Penn State game. Um, oh, can, while we're just before, <laughs> since we're still on other stuff, before we, before we go, Jacksonville State. Oh. I hope we never talk about it. <laughs> took them down, took the Seminoles down, and it was great. It was amazing. Uh, uh, I think better than the actual result, which is hard to beat given some of the, the memes we got out of it, was simply the the response to why it was they were playing the type of defense that they were playing in that moment. Yeah. And then they lied about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's, well, yeah, there's time left. They could get a field goal. It was six seconds. Yeah. Like I, From the I other 40. Yeah. If – if the guy that you know caught the touchdown pass had ran a hitch right at the sticks at like a fifty yard line, caught it and immediately gone out of bounds, they would have been at about like the forty eight yard line. You're still not in field goal range, and at that point, there's two seconds left. And look, it is so easy to pick apart these coaches because they are making these decisions in real time. But like that was one where it's like, ah, I don't know, man. No, and and. I, I will the say, if they're they making that the decision in real time, him. that's the problem. It's yeah, like they that's a decision the that should him. be made months before. They gave Willie Taggart True. so few years to get that thing right, to bring in somebody that makes that decision. That's the real issue. I mean, Jimbo Fisher did this to them, though. That's what no one no one wants to believe that that's, he's the genesis of all this. He ran that program into the ground and pieced out like, yeah. and yeah. took a job where he's guaranteed to 
He's going to make $100 million from them. Well, they gave him a raise. The I know. Did. Yes. He because got- he finished fifth in a season where everybody sucked. Yeah. Well, it's I it's mean, a point that Ferg and probably others besides Justin Ferguson have made, but Ferg was one of the first that I heard make it. I think it still stands, which is that like is when Jimbo Fisher had the most talent in that conference, it was no problem. The moment that Clemson was able to compete with them or surpass them yeah. in talent, suddenly Jimbo Fisher didn't seem to be so impressive. And well, it's and, like, well, okay, well. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, maybe Florida, maybe Auburn. It's like you expect them to just run through all those teams. When he when he ran out the door too, um, it was because they were in a situation like Auburn is now, where their their lines sucked. Right? Is it? Am I remembering that correctly? Like no, their their offensive line has been absolutely terrible. Yes, they were in the program two years ago, where they they didn't have a two D on the offensive line going into the season. They had they they said we're comfortable with like nine guys or eight guys that they couldn't run a full practice with two offensive lines that that was how bad it was yeah I mean it, they were a let's see national title in thirteen playoffs in fourteen and two years later they're losing sixty three to twenty against Louisville <laughs> that's that, that's a nosedive even it, you know it, against the Heisman Trophy winner and future MVP but still and, and you know. They should have been able to figure it out post Jimbo, but they yeah. they haven't. Like uh, yeah, he, based he on the state on that path. they're in and the like conference they're in, right? They're, them losing to Jacksonville State is not Jimbo's fault, but he started them on this path. Uh, I mean, he almost lost to them, so that's that's another thing. Um, right, well, I no, guess I guess we got Bob, our shots, in, but I mean, you know, hey, it's an Auburn fan. It's like this is kind of nice. A couple yeah. years later. Yeah, that's that's true. It, it's nice to see them fall flat on their face. All right. Well, so six thirty p.m. on Saturday, Auburn's playing yeah. Penn State. There we go. And Penn State beat Wisconsin in the most brutal football game I've watched in a long time. Um, <laughs> and then they beat Ball State, who is much worse than Wisconsin. Um, but not bad. Not bad. They're okay. They're, they're a MAC team. They're pretty. They went four and five last year because they played nine games because of the global pandemic that is still gripping us all. They lost the first five games um, of that season and then won four straight. So the opposite of a normal Texas A&M year. And <laughs> speaking of the Aggies. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, Sean Clifford is hot dish Bo Nix. He is a three-year starter, never really completed more than 65% of his passes. Um, he's got... Ryan has noted a less than eight YPA this year, which is not great when you're playing Ball State. <laughs> like that should have no, bumped up your no. your yards per attempt. Um, their running back is okay, I guess. Is this way he's fine. Yeah, I mean, he was a big time recruit. He's had injury issues. No, came. Auburn recruited him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, he's a guy I remember from that recruiting cycle. Uh, yeah, had a I, pretty good freshman year, and then got hurt on his fourth carry or third carry against Indiana in the opener last year. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I went and looked it up because I remember him as a, as a recruit as well. His official visit was the day of the 2018 Tennessee game. Ah, so that's why he's not a tiger. Okay. Yeah. I get Great. it, man. I get it, I Noah. I not have come here either. <laughs> that was my experience. And then he met old Key and Peel head coach at P 
Penn State. I was like, man, this guy rules. <laughs> if you don't really remember well, that, you know, and, they actually the time, look exactly like. Yeah, they were they were handing the ball to and handing and throwing the ball to Saquon Barkley twenty five to thirty times a game, um, and getting him to be the number two pick in the draft because David Gettleman is an idiot, <laughs> having suffered through him being the GM of my favorite football team for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you you look at that. I don't have to play. I don't have to get beat up in the SEC all the time. But I get. Uh, I get to be a feature back at a major school, you know, it's it's certainly appealing. I I I just want to add to that because I think Penn state has plenty of capability to beat Auburn. And there's a reason why the people with money on it think Penn state's a slight favorite, but Penn state was in a COVID year in which was really hard to gauge four and five. And by my math, which could be wrong, but I think it is correct. In that four and five season, their last four games were all victories against Michigan, Rutgers, Michigan State, and Illinois. Michigan went two and four. Rutgers went three and six. Michigan State went two and five. And Illinois went two and six. If I added that up right, it is a grand total of beating those four teams who had an overall record of 10 and 21. Now, you can also point out that Auburn did not necessarily beat anyone of note last season. Maybe the best team that they beat was Ole Miss, and that was controversial, as was the Arkansas game. And to some extent, while they beat Kentucky more soundly, I don't think anyone's blown away by beating right. Kentucky. So they my beat point the is saying that judging champions. teams on 2020 numbers is not the best way to do it. But that when you're looking at a blue chip ratio of both teams around 65%, I, I'm trying to convince myself, boys. I'm trying to convince yeah. myself. Sure. I, I feel uh, going into this game pretty similarly to how I felt about the Oregon game, where you know both teams are going to be super talented. Uh, I'm, I'm not really convinced about any one thing. I don't really I don't know what I know about this team, uh, just because I haven't seen it against legitimate competition at this point. Uh, and, and while beating up on bad teams is good, it, it's still it's not going to tell me what's going to happen when we go against the top 10 defense like Penn State. Um, you know, I, you said it earlier, it probably comes down to just a couple plays. Uh, I, both teams are going to want to run the ball, and it, I don't think it's going to happen against either of these defenses unless one of the quarterbacks can make some big plays. They don't have to be dynamite all game, but they're going to have to open it up the box. Otherwise, Penn State defense will do exactly what the Alabama State defense did and put nine guys in the box and just try their hardest not to let Tank Bigsby beat them. And Penn State, if they put nine in the box, will stop Tank Bigsby. It's up to Bo Nix at that point to win the game. I wanted to uh, uh, jump in and uh, let everyone listening to the podcast know, yes, this is still the Orange and True podcast, despite how informative uh, Painter was uh, before Ryan. Uh, <laughs> we got we got some hard-hitting analysis, guys. The I most think informative this podcast sure. has ever been. Well, let me do analysis it. is aggressive, but occasionally I decide to do some algebra, so thank you for throwing a bone my way. <laughs> let me say, I can't wait to come on his podcast and say things like, whichever team – can run the ball and stop the run 
has a really good chance. (laughs) Whichever team executes on three or four plays really looks like the team I'd like to bet on. Third third downs are going to be pivotal in this game. Who who is going to be signed in the kicking game? What's more important to you guys? Auburn is usually the one who wins that. Yeah, for sure. What's more important to you guys? How many times an announcer refers to a third down as a big third down? Or how many times in an NBA game five, someone says crucial game five or pivotal game five? Because I like both a lot. I love it when the announcer reminds me that this play, this third and six with two minutes left, is a that's a big third down, guys. It's a must win play. <laughs> well, or if it's, you know, if it's a third down with two minutes left, you know, hey, this is four down territory. I love it. I love it also in like the first quarter. When it's not really a big third down, when the, the the color commentator says something like, you know, this is actually a pretty big third down. Like, Whoa, this is a big third down? Let me get put my third down pants on. <laughs> Didn't realize. <laughs> Listen for that. Listen for the big third downs that maybe aren't, maybe you weren't thinking they're going to be big third downs. But So yeah. I am getting a little nervous about like just the first seven minutes of the game like there's that video circulating that's been online that is a good video and i think points out that penn state is a fun cool environment and quite frankly one of the best in all of college football especially when they do a whiteout sure um and there's this idea that auburn fans have that you know auburn is 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 taking the next step and Bo Nix is having fun and we're all having fun with that. But Bo Nix is not a lot of fun on the road, nor has Auburn as a program since halfway through the twenty teens. And I guess what I'm getting at here is uh can we not make any big mistakes and, and is like the, there's this, uh, this nice little video clip that is resurfacing now of Penn State and Michigan where Michigan calls a timeout before the clock ever starts. And it's just like, can we not do that? Yeah. Just, you know, audible into a quarterback sneak. And I know a lot of people would be like, well, that's an inefficient first down play. And it's like, I don't care. Just don't call <laughs> a timeout with 15 minutes yeah. on the clock in the first quarter, please. Yeah, yeah I, that. Yeah. that that is this is all exactly the reason that I'm going to be um, hard to deal with if we win this game because because it, <laughs> yeah. it, it it'll signify that we have done even if Penn State stinks it's going to be tough a tough environment to play in um, they can stink and still beat us uh, there I think so if we can go there and not screw it up. And and actually show that we are good, then then I'm going to be really excited about what's to come the rest of the season. All right, well, guys, that's a, as good a place as any to end this thing. I think we should all just barn hard and just imagine, just visualize the victory, and uh, keep reading the good stuff at collegemagnolia.com, including the stuff that I put out, which. Whether or not it's good is up to up to the the beholder, I guess. And, you got the uh, best source in the entire beat, I think. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm pounding the paper. Do we think that Penn State's having the same conversation right now? Given um, no, they they every Penn State fan I know is a bit arrogant. So Love that. yeah, they they have thought they had this for a long time, and I think we 
there there is a mix of talking themselves into the two games we played didn't matter or and, and whether it does to them or not and um just it completely ignoring it mm-hmm. so it's yeah this this line if if it had come out if you jumped on a line before the season started i think it would have been somewhere around 9 or 10 points so the fact that it's it's creeping down shows uh, what a lot of, uh, of people have witnessed. And the fact that, yes, it was Akron, and yes, it was Alabama State, but Auburn's been very efficient uh, outside of the first half against Alabama State. And, and even then, there were, you know, there were plays there. It's just, you, you know, 11 o'clock kickoffs are absolutely terrible and should be abolished because, Shug Jordan said, Football should be played on campus, on grass, in the afternoon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody who's listening to this, have a war eagle weekend. Oh, no.